So today we are continuing in our series. You are in church today for the first time. No doubt you have heard the term the Lord's Prayer or you have heard in a movie or on TV or something like that. People say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You have heard this prayer. It is also probably the most misunderstood prayer. And so we have spent the last few weeks taking it apart, little piece by little piece. And uh, it's been fun. It's, it's been fun to do. And we've kind of looked inside and gotten more insight pulled out of it and looked for practical ways that we can really walk in this in our daily lives. And so last week we talked about God's kingdom come and his will being done. We said that God's kingdom coming to earth is essentially his will being done on earth. Those are like one and the same thing, right? So God's kingdom coming is, is his will being done. And his will being done, Kevin introduced us to this, world, this Greek word, thelema. His will being done, thelema means that he exercises his will through our lives. That it's not him just, you know, thunderbolting it and making something happen. It's him working out his will, bringing his kingdom through us as we go about our lives, wherever it is that you live and move and have your being in this community and in our world, he is working out his will through you. And so this week, we move on to the next phrase, which was, is give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. And we're going to take a look at that in these next few minutes. I, I want to just pull a couple of things to help you kind of visualize this, begin, begin to prepare your heart to think about this. I want you to notice that, uh, that we're, we're talking about, I mean, this isn't just kind of like Wonder Bread. Did you grow up with your mom buying Wonder Bread? Uh, I did. Uh, but we're, we're talking about something that's bigger than that, broader than that. We're talking about something you can't get at the grocery store, that your daily bread is different than my daily bread that you have something that you need from God every day that is unique to you, unique to me, that he has something that he wants to give you every morning when you wake up to sustain you through every day that you live. And there are many of us who live our lives anxious, kind of worrying about what comes next, worrying about maybe, maybe real practically what we will eat or drink, but maybe it's relationally, maybe it's our job, maybe it's these things. We are anxious about many things, and today, God wants to speak to you and to me and just say, will you trust me with your daily bread? Will you trust me today? All right, if you have a Bible, Exodus 16. If you don't have a Bible, we have some. We'll give you one free of charge. You can make it yours. Every time we're here, we always look at some passage of Scripture here from this Bible, the most famous book in the history of mankind, and it's our baseline. So... This is, a, this is a story that you uh, may or may not be familiar with, but there are, there are a people, a Jewish nation, an Israelite people who have been oppressed for a long time. They have been slaves in Egypt under a guy named Pharaoh, right? I mean, we've seen the movies, Charlton Heston or the voice of Val Kilmer, whichever you prefer. And, uh, and so we kind of get culturally the gist of it, and many of you have read and studied, but I want us to go straight to Exodus 16 right now. This is after they have been set free from Egypt, and they are on the move, okay? It says, The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. 
the Israelites said to them, If we had only died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Have any of you guys watched Saturday Night Live? You know the, the news report when the guys are like, Really? Really, Israelite people, really, God just brought you out of slavery and bondage, really. Now you're in the desert and you're complaining that you're hungry, really, Israelite people. He, he just, did you forget those ten plagues that he just sent? I mean, just the incredible power of this God that you're complaining against. You forget the frogs. Did you forget when he turned water into blood, Did you forget when he killed all the firstborn of the Egyptians? Did you forget that? Did you forget the locusts? Did you forget the darkness? Did you forget all those things that he just did? Okay, how about this? Did you forget that when we were marching through the desert and we got stuck, that he parted the Red Sea and we passed on dry ground and then we turned around and made a funny face while the Egyptians went into the water and it just sloshed them all up? Did you forget that that just happened? Because we have a propensity to forget. And so here they are, six weeks, six weeks out of the desert, six weeks out of the biggest miracle, you know, perhaps to that point, six weeks since they had just seen this and experienced this with their own eyes, and they're complaining again. Why? Why would you bring us out here? We had it better back there. If only, have you ever been an if if only person? If only I had, you know, this, God. If only this. And we forget what we too were like back then. We forget what God did to save us back then. We forget how radically he's transformed our life, how he has come through time and time again. But, oh, if only this situation. Like, why aren't you faithful in this situation? Ah, if only this circumstance was different and changed, then, then maybe. Or how come, how come you would lead us a million people out into the desert with this, with this you know, goober guy, Moses, with no plan? You would think that if we're marching a million people through a, a space of, you know, rough desert terrain, that there might be kind of like an agenda uh, some rations, maybe, um, some where we know where we're going to get the water supplies. And planning, friends, planning is a good thing. Planning is a great thing. We should have plans. But there are times when God says go, or when he orchestrates circumstances, or he opens this kind of crazy, miraculous door, you just can't even, you're just like, I'm not even sure if I believe in divine intervention, but this must be it, Right? There are situations like that, and he just says, go, and we don't get the plan, the blueprint up front. And we don't want to be the, if only we had just been, we had meat back there in slavery. You know, we had, we had you know, houses that we, that we had, and people came in and beat you. You know, we forget what it was like, and we grumble and complain about our current and present circumstances. Uh, there, and we, we, God likes to, he does this, he tests our faith, so he, he'll take us out of this situation, he'll promise us this situation, but he'll give you a desert in between. 
He might say, I want you to leave your lucrative job. You, and, and it's not audible voices for most of us usually, but you get this impression. He speaks through other people. He, he communicates to you in different ways. He puts an impression on your heart. You feel this nagging tug. However it is that God's spirit kind of works on you, you get that sense, I want you to leave this place and prepare for this place. But here's the test. You know you're being tested if you find yourself in the in-between of what he said and what hasn't happened yet, and you don't have immediate success. You're being tested. If he says this, if he does this special thing, if, he, if there's clarity and he says, okay, now there's something else for you, and you step out in faith and you go and it's desert and you're hungry and it's hard and you're not successful at first, you're being tested by God. And that's where these Israelites are. And they grumbled and they complained. Fortunately for us, God is patient. And this is what he says. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are going to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare twice as much or they prepare what they bring in, and that will be twice as much as they gathered on the other days because he didn't want them to work on the Sabbath on Sunday. So God doesn't forget. God is very much in control of this situation, right? He is testing his people. And how does he test them? He gives them just what they need for today. So the next morning after God says this, the Israelite people walk up. They, they, they wake up. They walk outside their tents or whatever it is they're sleeping under. And they walk outside, and there is stuff, manna, it turns out, all over the floor. They call it manna because the word manna literally means, what is this? <laughs> right? So they walk out, and they see what is this all over the floor. And Moses instructs them, you're to take just what you need for today. Take care of your family. This is, this is what you need for today, and this is the way that God is going to test you. You take what you need for today. Tomorrow you're going to walk outside, and there's going to be manna again. And the next day you're going to walk outside, and there's more, more manna. And then on the sixth day, you're going to gather up a little bit extra. You're going to cook it and keep it on the seventh because, you know, that's the, that's the Sabbath day. We don't want you working on the Sabbath. So on that day, God's very practical. He says, I will take care of you on Sunday, too. You don't have to starve on Sunday. You just a little bit extra on the sixth day, right? Are you with me? So they walk outside, and they see manna, which means, what is this? And they see what is this because oftentimes, just like us, we have an expectation of how God will provide. We have an expectation of what our needs are and what God should do on our behalf. And sometimes we walk out and he's provided and we say, really, what's this? But it turns out it's just exactly what we needed. Sometimes, oftentimes, most of the time in my experience, I, I think I know what I need and God gives me something else. And I say, what's this? Oh, turns out this was great. This was perfect. This was what I really needed. This, this manna to get me through today. Again, I know we're planners. We have, we, lots of us are planners. And we like to think through the end of the week. And we like to make sure we have enough, 
you know, money for the month and don't run out of money before we, you know, run out of month. And, and planning is good. But ultimately, what God is interested in, what he keeps coming back to throughout the history of time and still with you and I today, is will you trust me today? Will you trust? Even in this manna, this what is this provision, will you trust that it's enough? Will you trust that I know better about what you need than even you know? God doesn't tempt us. He tests us. It's his enemy who tempts us and tries to get us to fall in all kinds of different ways and not trust God. But God tests us to see if we'll trust him. He lets there be a little bit of hunger sometimes to see how will we respond. Can, can we trust him with tomorrow? And so what the Israelites did, <laughs> like we do, is they went outside, and I can picture them kind of looking around like, A, what is this? B, taste, not too bad. C, hoard. Right? So they just go into like shirt cupping mode and filling it in and putting a little bit aside. Even though Moses is like, all you need is something, enough, enough for today. Just enough for today. Just enough for today. God will provide tomorrow. And they're like, yeah, just like he's been providing the last week. No, uh, we're hungry right now. Let's just make sure that I get mine. Right? Let's make sure that, that my needs are taken care of. And so they took more than they needed. And the people that did that, the people that saved more for the next day, they woke up the next morning and all their what is this was filled with maggots and just, just nasty. God's like, really? <laughs> really, people? Really? I'm going to provide for you day by day. And why does he do it? Look at verse 6. It says, why does God test them? So that Moses and Aaron, so Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it is the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. So that you will know that it's the Lord who sustains your life. Why does God test you? Why does he let you be uncomfortable sometimes? So that you know it's him. So that you know it's him who sustains you. Why does he let you... I mean, he could, he could change all circumstances and just dump abundance on you. That's not good. That's not good for us. We would, we would forget God. He tests us so that we know that it's him, that he is God, that he is the provider. Look at verse 17. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, which is just a you know, measurement back in the day, one, ga- one who gathered much did not have too much, And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered just as much as they needed. The one who gathered much did not have too much, because he probably had a big family. The one who gathered little did not have too little. Smaller family. Point being, we don't all get the same rations. We don't all get the same thing. But God provides enough. God provides enough. There's this, uh, there's this proverb I want to throw up on the screen. It's from Proverbs 30. It was written by this guy named Agur. You may have glossed over this uh, if you are, have read your Bible in the past. I did. I just stumbled on this not too long ago. It's a really fascinating little few verses here. This is the prayer of Agur. We hear the prayer of Jabez, right? You remember that prayer? God, expand my territory. Nothing wrong with that. Here's an interesting kind of uh, prayer from a guy named Agur. It says, two things I ask of you, Lord. 
Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies from me, and give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I might have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I might become poor and steal and so dishonor your name. In other words, the prayer of rigor is, God, give me enough. Let me trust that what you give me is enough. I don't want too much to think it's all about me and that I don't need you and I'll live a selfish, miserable life. We all know those people. But don't give me too little that I get hungry and steal and then so dishonor you. God, just give me enough for today. And so is God shouting to his people, to the Israelites, as he provides for them day after day. He's saying, you can trust me. You can trust me. For 40 years, God provided for his people day after day just what was enough. And then he, he told him this. This is, uh, this is from verse 32. He says, Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer, that same little measurement, of manna and keep it for the generations to come so that they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. Take just a little bit of this. Save it because I want future generations to know that I provide. Even in the hard circumstances, I give you what you need. Why? Because we are a forgetful people. So you see all throughout this, this Bible, God's constantly telling them, hey, build a reminder. Build this altar thing. Uh, build something to remind yourself that God was faithful here, and he will continue to be faithful day by day because the fact of the matter, friends, is that we are still kind of, we are still a wilderness people. We are in between what God has promised and what is reality? That many of us have come into kind of this understanding of God, this knowledge of God, this relationship with God, just by saying yes and believing that Jesus is who he says he is, that God cares, that God created us and desires a relationship with us. And we have this promise of eternal life, this eternal life that's already begun then, and yet it's not here yet. We still live in the in, the in between. We are still, in, in some sense, wandering kind of, through the desert, wandering through, seeing God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it has begun, but it is not finished. We are in the in-between. We are in the in-between time. Now, there's two things I want you to see. This is on your outline. There is a wanderer's way to live in this in-between, and there is a kingdom way to live in this in-between. The wanderer's way versus the kingdom way. The wanderer's way is that we'd rather stick with our poor circumstances than risk uncertainty. That's the wanderer's way. The wanderer's way settles for lesser circumstances rather than risk an uncertain future. It's true in life. You settle for what you do not know, even though it's what you hope for. It's your dream. It's your passion. It's your hope. It's that, it's that whisper inside that says you can do this. You can go here. Or it's this, it's this settling in a relationship that we feel like is probably not healthy, but at least it's safe at least it's here, at least I have it. Or it's a job that you hate, or it's this, it's this level of bitterness that you know you need to let go of, and we settle for what we know, as unhealthy as it is, rather than fear the unknown. And then we grumble against God. Oh, why, you know. That's the wanderer's way. The kingdom way is that we follow God's lead, 
even when it's temporarily uncomfortable and we don't know what the future may hold. The kingdom way does not mean irresponsibility. It doesn't mean that you don't have a plan. We still make plans, but the ultimate plan is trust God. Trust God. That's the kingdom way. And when you trust, when you engage in this kingdom, when you walk, when you walk into what God has for you, when you follow that nudge, that prompting, that whisper, that bold life, you, you, see, you see that loss, in fact, can lead to new life, that a lack can lead to gratitude, that pain makes pleasure even better, and that hunger makes you appreciate the meal and the provision so much more. I've told you some about my story. I, you know, when, when I went through what I affectionately call my quarter-life crisis, uh, I, had some, I had some wise people that spoke into my life, and one of them said, hey, Caleb, lean into the knife. Lean into the knife. Like, you want to get this lesson. You want to learn this. It's, this is really tough, this season. But learn what, is, learn what you have to learn in it. God is faithful even in this, and it will lead to something else. You're in the in-between right now. This is hard, but it's a test. There's more for you. Uh, I, instead of sharing more about my story today, I wanted to bring up a friend who, um, who's going to share a little bit of his story. So will you please welcome to the stage Dave. Dave and I met, um, oh, here we go, Dave. Dave and I met, uh, whoa, like a few months ago now, Dave? And it was, uh, it was through Rooted. You know, if you're, if you're new here to Mariners HB, we have a program called Rooted, and we, we will re-engage it in September. And it's just kind of a, a connection point. You jump in into a group, get connected. It's the, kind of the basics of what we believe here, uh, what it looks like in this adventure of following God in our lives and things like that. And so we, we met in this kind of a group setting. And anytime, those of you know that are, are in life groups or that are like white-knuckling, no, I'm not going to get into a group, uh, you know that the reason why is because uh, you never, there's some weird relational dynamics sometimes, right? I mean, there are some weird people. Believe it or not, there's some weird people out there. And, uh, and so when you get into a group, you have multiple kind of dynamics, and you're like, uh, I'm not sure about these people. Um, Dave wasn't one of those people, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave is hilarious, and so he brought, um, he brought kind of humor and lightheartedness to the group and uh, a, a genuine heart. And I just wanted, what did you think? You know, obviously, it was our, our life, our uh, rooted group dynamic was awesome. We had fantastic people in there. And then always there's, there's a, an interesting dynamic, but it was a good experience, yeah? Uh, is this working? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, it was a good experience. And, uh, yeah, the dynamics were awesome. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you were there. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, God was there, too. And, and that was the bottom line is that, uh, that we were building relationships with one another and with the Lord. And I think that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got to know Dave's story in that setting, and I just wanted him to share. So, Dave, would you just share kind of give, give us a glimpse of kind of how you came up, what your life was like, 
uh, and and what and as a result of kind of how you came up, what has God done with in your life in these last couple of years? Well, um, I laugh because uh, <laughs> my uh, sister-in-law Denise uh, is here, and my uh, my nephew Kyle and my niece Laura. But uh, three years ago, they wouldn't answer their phone if I called. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that I was a master of drunk dialing, okay, but uh, I was good at it, okay? <laughs> and, uh, you know, they just didn't want to deal with me. I alienated myself from everybody. But uh, I met this Christian woman who uh, told me that Jesus Christ can deliver me from uh, everything that's uh, bringing me down. And uh, I didn't believe her. But uh, I kept listening to her for a couple of years, and I finally gave my, uh, I gave, uh, I gave in, and I let Jesus come into my heart and guide me, and uh, let Him do it His way, and um, that wasn't an easy thing to do because uh, I was 45 years old, I had done whatever I wanted to do every day of my life. And now I had to do something that, I had to believe in something that I can't see. And it's not easy. But I'm glad that I did it because uh, today they not only answer the phone, but they open the door. And uh, that's a blessing in itself. And, and I couldn't have done it on my own. It's uh, quite simply the, um, the power of the word, and that's our daily bread. And that's my daily bread. Okay, so say more about that. As we, like I said, I think for for all for us, the daily bread that we're talking about is not is not like the stuff you put peanut butter on necessarily. It's we are in we are in need of our God on a on a moment by moment daily basis. And whether you have battled addictions your whole life, or whether I mean I think all of us have addictions personally, yeah. uh, and have observed that and have lived that. Uh, but whether we're identifying those and, and real about those or not, we still need this God to sustain our lives day by day. And certainly you in the last few years must have. What does that look like for you? Well, um, I guess the, uh, well, the biggest thing was for me to realize that I had a soul and that it needed food. That was the bottom line. And uh, knowing this, uh, yeah, I read the word every day. Uh, I look at circumstances in my life every day to see where God is because I know God's working in my life every day. And, uh, you know, he's working in everybody's life one way or the other, whether you want to believe it or not. And, uh, and the way I, uh, I seek him is through the word and, and a lot of prayer. And, uh, you know, I just want to try and be the best man of God that I could be because... Uh, I was uh, really good at being the worst man of God. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had yeah. that lifestyle down. Yeah, I did. I got an A plus in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a new day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's a new day. He uh, he's the restorer, and uh, and he cleanses me every day, and, and he feeds me what I need, mm. just what, what what I need every day, mm. and uh, you know. I don't want for anything anymore. So uh, that's the bottom line is uh, I'm glad I came to see the reality of the truth of Jesus Christ in my life. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, Dave. 
Uh, Dave, you have been a blessing to me just knowing you for a few months. It's been exciting to see just in that time you plugging in and you serving. Dave, Dave is here on a regular basis now serving, helping set up, and, and, uh, and we're excited to have you part of our community. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. buddy. There's one other verse in your, uh, in your outline. The point you can see that, uh, that Dave made for us is that daily bread is really about dependence. It's really about just trusting that this God is good, that he knows what it is that we need. And we show up day after day and we see that he is faithful. And so his tests, his, his providing for us daily is about us learning to depend on him. And when God, when God is talking to us, when he's doing these things, when he's doing what he's doing, when he's walking these Israelites through the desert, what he's asking them is, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me with your life? Do you trust me that you have a soul that needs to be fed? Will you trust me? Will you trust me to take this next step of faith? Will you trust me that I'm whispering to you and that I have your best in mind? Will you trust me? Our church, collectively, friends, we're asking that question. We shifted over to this place. We're entering into this fall season, and we, as, as leadership, feel like, like this, this next season is a big season, and we're going to go to two services on uh, September 16th. Not because I love talking twice, uh, but because there's more people in our community that we want to welcome, and we know that we're going to see more people in September. Not because, you know, I mean, we, we love what we do here, but we have this burning conviction that he wants to reach more people. And so that's why we do what we do. And so we have this, we have this sense that this is where God's leading us, and so we're stepping out in faith saying, God, show up, do, do what you do. And I know that you are doing that in different areas of your life as well. And he's asking you, do you trust me? John 6, 35 through, uh, 33 through 35. This is the last couple of verses that we'll read. Because <clears throat> I want to leave plenty of time. We're going we're gonna to take communion together. Um, but this, these, these verses, this is Jesus when he came, you know, a couple thousand years after this whole Moses deal. Maybe 3,000 years after. He is, he is uh, on the scene. He is God in flesh walking on this earth. And he is... He's doing miracles, and what he just did before he says these words, he just fed 5,000 people. He just fed 5,000 people with a couple of loaves of bread and fish. And so people started following him like crazy because they're like, this dude has bread, like lots of it. And so people are following him thinking, I can get bread. He's like a bread dispenser. I can follow this guy around and never be hungry because literally he makes more bread out of a little bread and more fish out of a little fish. And so when they all are gathered around and following him everywhere he goes, he says, you guys, I, I, I'm flattered. Like, no, he's not. I get it. Uh, you're following me. That's fun. But I know you're just doing it because of the miracles. And what I want to see is do you trust me is essentially what he says. Look at these words. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven. He's alluding to the manna from heaven, right? And gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. We want more, right? We want more. Give us more miracles. Do more stuff for us. Give us, we, we want to be full. We want to eat well. 
And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus says, I am that ultimate bread. I am what feeds your soul, as Dave talked about. Yes, I will provide for your practical needs, but I am God. I'm the one who sustains your very life. You don't have to be anxious about anything. I've got it all under control. Just trust me for today. Will you trust me today? Will you trust me for what you think you need? Will you trust that I know what you really need? What is it, friends? What is it? Will you, what is it will you surrender to God today? We're going to take, uh, take communion together. I want to explain to you, if you grabbed it when you came in, you have it, great. If you still need it, we will get it to you, uh, folks in the aisles. We just have these little, um, the little cups. You just tear the little plastic off. You've got a kind of fake, fake bread wafer thing. This is just a symbol. This is a symbol because it's a reminder that we are still in the wilderness, that we are still in the waiting period for God to fulfill his promise, right? And so he said, when he sat with his disciples before he went to the cross, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. That's the whole deal with the cross. This is my physical body broken for you to have life. Do this in remembrance of me. And so he he took the bread and he dipped it in the cup. He said, this cup represents my blood shed for you. Because remember, we are a forgetful people. And so as you do this, as you take the little wafer and eat it or dip it or do whatever you want to do, uh, the whole point is to remember that it's God who sustains, that it's God who gives life, that it's God who knows what you need better even than you. And he's asking you again this morning, will you trust me? Will you trust me? God, hear our prayers. You know our hearts and our thoughts. Will you bring peace where there is anxiousness? Will you bring, bring trust where there is doubt? Will you allow us to experience you? Some of us who are still just even on the fence and like, I don't even know if I, if I buy it. Will you give us all a sense of your very real presence?